Before we get started with today's show, I want to tell you guys about betonline.ag. Welcome to 2022, everybody, even if I say the sports calendar doesn't reset till after the Super Bowl. It's a new year, and BetOnline remains the number one spot for all the best wagering action in the new year. You can sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit using the promo code BLEAVE. B-L-E-A-V, when you sign up with the link in the description to this episode. Bet online, where the game starts. All right, everybody. However and whenever it is, you maybe listening thank you for stopping into another fantabulous episode of wired up this is wired up episode 103 halfway through the nfl divisional playoff round this is what wired up was created for as scott hansen says we were built for days like today and I was especially built for days like today because one of the things I've learned in doing this podcast over three years and formulating my own opinions and getting very good at this is that sometimes doing the boring tacky analysis is not as fun and it's fun to do these like in-depth type of stories that kind of reflect sports and society and also have just conversations with our friends about sports and laugh about sports because all of it is incredibly dumb and we're really bad at doing analysis. But every now and then, I get to be goddamn right about a playoff game. And God damn it if I wasn't right about the Tennessee bleeping Titans. You know what? Forget the bleeps here. The Tennessee fucking Titans were terrible. Terrible. And the most perfect possible finish happened. The Tennessee Titans threw an interception on the first play of the game that led to three points for the Bengals. They threw an interception in a 16-6 game going in to try and take down the Bengals. Then the Bengals started blowing it. The Bengals had a punt. Bengals had a big pass to A.J. Brown on a play-action fake. They had a field goal to cut the lead to 16-9, and then they threw an immediate interception by Burrow. Tipped by P. Ryan, intercepted first Burrow pick in tw- in 210 passes. Totally random chance interception. Titans get it. Tannehill makes an awesome throw to A.J. Brown with a one-handed catch. Oh, no, it's 16-16. They try and go for it on third and one. The, instead of giving it to Derrick Henry, who by, we'll get to this at some point. Derrick Henry, bad. Totally bad in this game. Instead of giving the ball to Derrick Henry, read option with Ryan Tannehill right at Trey Hendrickson. Fourth and one. What happens? Stuff Derrick Henry because Derrick Henry can't explode because he has five goddamn plates in his foot. And then the Bengals get the ball And the Titans hold the Bengals. They get the ball. They're burning clock. They're moving slow as possible to make sure the Bengals don't get the ball. And what happens? Ryan Tannehill. The Ryan Tannehill I'd been making fun of all season for being terrible. The Ryan Tannehill who has 300 total passing yards in his previous three playoff games where the Titans went 1-2. and That Ryan Tannehill threw an interception when the 
goddamn Titans were doing everything they could possibly do to hide Ryan Tannehill, they threw a goddamn interception right at the end of the game to give the Bengals a easy easy path with 20 seconds to go the easy two timeouts 20 seconds jamar chase t higgins nobody who can cover them on the defense there was one play jamar chase caught a screen pass just burned christian fulton absolutely burned his ass and there was just nothing at all that the titans could do other than just get pressure with four rush with five sack Joe Burrow as many times as possible because the Bengals offensive line cost them 12 points if not for the Bengals offensive line the Bengals win that game by two touchdowns and Ryan Tannehill probably has four interceptions instead of three and in a most beautiful fashion the game that I said was an absolute coin toss I flipped a coin on the slump buster podcast to decide the game coin toss comes down to Ryan Tannehill being a dumbass and Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase connecting on the game-winning pass. I could not possibly be more right. I told you all season long the Tennessee Titans were the sixth best team in the AFC. I told you that the Tennessee Titans were not as good as the Ravens and not as good as the Colts, who didn't even make the playoffs. The Bengals were like the fourth best team in the AFC, and this game was essentially a toss-up only because the Bengals got sacked nine times and their offensive line cost them 12 points. Three field goals could have been three touchdowns and one that didn't score. Offense cost them uh, 12 points at least uh, just by being a terrible offensive line. So a Bengals team that should have blown out the Tennessee Titans, but only because the Bengals have their own flaws too. The Bengals aren't as good as the Chiefs and aren't as good as the Bills and aren't as good as a Lamar Jackson-led Baltimore Ravens team. I don't care how many injuries you put on the team. Baltimore is better than these two teams who played in the divisional round. Today's Chiefs-Bills game is the AFC Championship, and the Bengals still won the game because the Tennessee Titans were a goddamn mediocrity that we had to pretend was good or people wanted to pretend was good for about 18 weeks too many. And thank God the Titans finally got their comeuppance just like I said they would because the Tennessee Titans are goddamn terrible. As I'm, Am I playing the Stephen A. Smith entertainer role here? Yeah, a little bit. Because remember, when the Titans made the run to the AFC Championship two years ago, I said that if the Titans put Ryan Tannehill in over Marcus Mariota, they would make the playoffs. Lo and behold, I was right. And the Tennessee Titans went to the AFC Championship that year. So now, I get to be right about the Tennessee Titans for the first time in two years, because I would have let Derrick Henry walk in free agency. Yeah, Titans were terrible. Threw a pick on the first play of the game and the last play of the game, because Ryan Tannehill is Jimmy Garoppolo. He is not that good. He's pretty good by Titans standards, like better than Marcus Mariota, absolutely. But Ryan Tannehill is not a good quarterback and the Tennessee Titans could not score points and they got incredibly lucky and they didn't deserve to be the number one seed because the Chiefs and the Bills and the Ravens and the Colts and the Chargers and the Bengals all should have been better than the Tennessee Titans this season. Maybe not the Chargers. The other five teams, yeah. 
better than the Cincinnati Bengals. Every other team, or better than the Tennessee Titans. Every other team in the playoffs, not named Raiders and Steelers. Add the Colts and Ravens who missed the playoffs. Titans were the seventh best team in the AFC this year, and the Tennessee Titans got smacked by the Bengals. It was just happened to be a close game because the Titans had a good game plan of just let's sack Joe Burrow nine times. Have the offensive line for the Bengals have one of the worst perform no, the worst performance of any playoff team that we've seen over the past 20 years. The only other team to win a playoff game and get sacked nine times was nobody. Donovan McNabb got seven, Joe Burrow got nine, and still won a playoff game. Offensive line cost the Bengals 12 points. The Bengals still won the game because the Tennessee Titans' offense was shit. Derrick Henry, love Derrick Henry. He was not good. Derrick Henry, 20 carries, 61 yards, no explosiveness. Derrick Henry was not good. The Tennessee Titans were not good. And to commemorate this, I spent 30 minutes after the Bengals-Titans game making a montage, a montage for all of time of me being goddamn right about the Tennessee Titans. Three and a half minutes memorializing how goddamn right I was about the Tennessee Titans all season. And the only reason, well, they made it to the divisional round. No, the Tennessee Titans would have lost in the wild card if they had been playing on wild card weekend. Unless they played the Steelers as the one-two matchup, then they would have made it anyways. But I still attest, as you'll hear in this montage, which I believe that one was recorded sometime in January, first week of January. If the Tennessee Titans had to play in the first round in an 8-1 matchup at home against the Colts, the Colts would have beat them. The Colts were better than the Titans. It's just because the Titans were getting matchup break after matchup break after matchup break that we were going to be forced to watch them potentially play football in the final eight, even though the Titans did not belong anywhere near the final eight, and lo and behold, I was proven right. Even though the Titans almost won the game, the Titans should have lost by two touchdowns, and they blew it at the end anyways, and so now you can enjoy this memorialized tribute to how right I was all season long about the Tennessee Titans, fully ignoring the fact that I said Baker Mayfield might be better than Joe Burrow, and fully ignoring the fact that I said back in October, the Bengals are a cool story, but they're not actually a real playoff team. We're going to ignore that part. We're going to celebrate how goddamn right I was about the Tennessee Titans with this three-and-a-half-minute montage of absolute narcissism going back to old podcasts from our Walter Mitchell wildcard preview. The episode we did after the Titans lost to the Texans, which was one that I knew I had some clippable moments in there. From the podcast we did literally last week, and from the Slump Buster game preview that we did, and you can check out on the Slump Buster YouTube channel. All of that and more included in this three and a half minute montage of how goddamn right I was about the goddamn Tennessee Titans. Again, 16 points. 16 points, and only part of it was because Ryan Tannehill made a perfect pass to A.J. Brown with a one-handed back shoulder catch after Joe Burrow had a freak tip pass interception. Tipped, you know, totally coin flip game only because the Bengals let them stay in the game as long as they did. Bengals were so much better than the Titans, and the Titans lost the game at the end. Enjoy this three-and-a-half-minute narcissistic montage of me being right about the Titans.
Who number one, this 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 was the easiest one to do, although I love me some Patrick Mahomes and I love me some Aaron Rodgers. This is far and away what I'm rooting for the most on Super Bowl Sunday, which is number one, anyone except the Tennessee Titans. That is my number one Super Bowl matchup. I want anyone to play in the Super Bowl other than the Tennessee Titans. It can be the Chiefs, it can be the Bills, it could be the Cincinnati Bengals even. It'd be weird if it was the Cincinnati Bengals, but let it be anyone other than the team I have said consistently is the sixth best team in the AFC. So my number one Super Bowl matchup is get the bleep out Tennessee Titans. I'm just fascinated that the Titans wound up with the number one seed. Uh, that was just bizarre. I mean, this is the thing that I've said all week, which is I, I know there are tiebreakers, but the tiebreakers are wrong. The tiebreakers were just wrong this year. That the Titans are the one seed over the Chiefs, and the Eagles got in over the Saints. Both of those tiebreakers were just wrong in doing the analysis of who's a better team because i know the chiefs the chiefs could go to tennessee tomorrow and be seven point favorites and the fact that they have to play the steelers on wild card weekend is unfortunate you take that away from the titans they are essentially what the Bengals are what the saints are what the chargers are and what the broncos are just by taking away derrick henry And so that is why, even with the easy strength of schedule, the Titans were always going to be in jeopardy because they can be beaten on any given Sunday. And I know that's a cliche, but the Titans can't score points. It's the same way the Steelers are, where... I wish the NFL could have gone to 16-team playoff this year so that the Colts could have played the Titans in the first round, gone into Tennessee, and beaten the Titans. Because the Colts are better than the Titans, The Bengals are better than the Titans. The Ravens with Lamar Jackson are better than the Titans. That team wins because they get that turnover margin, and I get to be proven right in spectacular fashion that the Tennessee Titans are incapable of scoring points. Is that the schedule does not matter. Yes, the Chiefs may have a really difficult strength of schedule, but the Kansas City Chiefs are still really, really good. The Titans may have an easy schedule the rest of the way, but they're also not very good. So they're going to lose some of these games because the Tennessee Titans, as we talked about with the Saints comparison earlier, they're about the level of an average NFL team. Let's talk about the Bengals. Let's talk oh about the Bengals because uh, I my, my plan coming into... So I made a three-minute-long montage of clips of me being right about the Tennessee Titans being the sixth-best team in the <laughs> AFC, and the Titans were not actually that good, and they were going to struggle to generate points, and their offense was very low upside because even without Derrick Henry, they'd be in trouble, and Derrick Henry was bad today. Don't get it twisted. Derrick Henry played bad. He, did he play 70%, 60%? Yes, he did. Did he have any explosion? No, he did not, but he did play bad today. The Tennessee Titans were a bad offense, an average team, and they lost to the Cincinnati Bengals because I was right and we can finally get the Titans out of the playoffs. That was my celebration of this game. Um, I would like to hear you just talk about the Bengals and that amazing game, but my point there was, my ideal podcast would be talking about how I was right about the Titans and ignoring that I was totally wrong about the Bengals and saying they were not really a playoff team as early as I think December. 
I think December, I was still saying the Bengals were not a playoff team. Um, I would like to do that. And also the fact that Zach Taylor tried to call timeout on the interception at the end of the game uh, is proof that we have no idea if Zach Taylor is a good coach. Just no idea at all. Zach Taylor almost blew the game, but because he was maybe a bad coach and didn't get the timeout fast enough, they end up lucking their way into victory. Like just confirmation. Zach Taylor, no idea if he's a good coach. Tried to call timeout. I would like to spend, if it were up to me, I would like to spend an hour and a half talking about how Zach Taylor tried to call a timeout on the game ceiling interception. <laughs> well, for, for starters, I do want to give you a round of applause and kudos because I agree with you. The Titans are a overrated team in the NAAFC, right? I mean, like, of course, Derrick Henry wasn't at his best. I do think this is still a roster that can be okay when fully healthy. Um, but I, I really do think we gave a, a lot, most of the NFL media gave the Titans too much credit by doing it as good as they, what they did with the small roster they had, with the worst roster they had, right? Everyone said the Titans had too many injuries and this was going to be a team that was going to just wait until they get fully healthy and they're going to be dominant, right? Uh, you know, we, we saw them beat the Chiefs with a fully healthy roster. We saw them win big games with a fully healthy roster. Everyone thought the moment they get it back, which is going to be this week, they were going to beat the Bengals, go on, potentially beat the Chiefs to build, get the Super Bowl. I mean, like, th- there was people out there who genuinely believed that. But I think it's abundantly obvious now. And really, my first thought of this game, Ryan Tannehill is, is not going to do anything with the Titans, right? The Titans are in a position now where Ryan Tannehill, at this point, is more of a liability, if anything. Because you have a, an elite wide receiver in A.J. Brown, who I was really impressed with today, had some unreal catches. It was really the only reason why the Titans were – in the position to win this football game, right? Like that, that was really the only reason. His three big catches were literally the three plays that they scored on, right? Had those not happened, those drives could have stalled. They might have lost this game by more than what they already lost it by. He was really the only really big bright spot on this team. His ridiculous catches, what he was able to do against a very, very good corner in Chidobe Wujie, uh, who, I mean, again, despite allowing those three big catches, still had a really good game. Uh, he just made a couple of mistakes. Um, and, and I was really impressed with how he performed. You have Julio Jones, who I think is still a – Great wide receiver, despite him kind of not really showing up whenever it mattered the most, right? I still think he's still a good wide receiver. He can definitely be an elite second option for your team. You have, even though he might not be fully healthy, you still had Derrick Henry, who though wasn't as best, I agree with you. I still think with the way the offensive line played, I mean, it was pretty clear the Titans were just better on the, on both sides of the line this week. Uh, I guess the Bengals, I mean, and we can, of course, talk about that because that's going to be a big conversation here. The Bengals allowing nine sacks in this game, plus the Titans pretty much winning on the line of scrimmage on the offensive side as well. Um, the Bengals didn't have a starting defensive tackle, Larry Ogan, Joby. There was a lot of moments where they had big gaps for Foreman or Derrick Henry. And Foreman did get a 54-yard rush, uh, and, and Henry as well to get easy yards, right? But it just felt like this team as a whole um, was unable to really get a third-down conversion, score, or really just avoid mistakes when it mattered most, right? Cincinnati did a great job of uh, I don't know if I want to say Cincinnati did a great job of it. I, I guess I want to credit Luana Rumo and the scheme, the scheme as a whole, uh, being able to make Tannehill uncomfortable in, in, in important moments to take advantage of it. The first play of the game, of course, Jesse Bates hops uh, past, uh, I believe it was A.J. Brown, that play, and gets the first interception of the game immediately off the bat. Uh, second play, second interception was a first and goal at the big run by Deontay Foreman. Uh, we get Mike Hilton corner blitz uh, off the edge that was kind of hidden. I guess no one really picked it up. Tannehill panics. He throws the ball. Mike Hilton tips it up in the air, gets the interception, saves the drive. 
uh, for the Bengals. Also, you know, we see at the end of the game, the biggest one at, at one point was, uh, of course, the Titans driving the ball down the field. They know they have to throw the ball. The Bengals are aware of that. We have Eli Apple. Eli Apple tip the ball in the air and get and allow Logan Wilson to get six interceptions of the season. Basically, like it's, like you said, seal the deal for Cincinnati. I mean, it's unreal. Uh, what I mean, how much he costed him this game, right? Then Hill did. I, I really do think had there been a better quarterback, this could have been a different story. Uh, and I don't even, I don't even mean like a, a much better quarterback. I'm talking like Derek Carr. If they had a Derek Carr, this would be a different story. Uh, yeah, they, they uh, need to find another. Nope. Go ahead there. I, I said, go they, ahead and finish your they, point before we go there. <laughs> they need, they need to find a better. They need to find a better quarterback. If they, if they go back and run it again next year with Mahomes, with a healthy Baltimore Ravens team, with a Bengals roster the way it is right now, with the Bills roster, with the Patriots roster improving, with a Colts roster improving. This team is not going to succeed next year with Ryan Tannehill at quarterback. Yeah, and this will be a conversation throughout the offseason, but this is the difficult part is that quarterbacks better than Ryan Tannehill don't become available very often. And so the Titans are in this perfect place where we talk about the Belichick thing about being a year early versus a year late on making roster decisions. The Titans are kind of in a place where their situation 12 months from now could be really different than it is right now. And I talked about this with Pete Carroll a couple, and this is, again, this has nothing to do with the game. I have game-based questions to ask you, but I find this fascinating is that when, when Pete Carroll signed that four-year extension with the Seahawks in 2020, when they were like eight and one, I was thinking, Ooh, this could, if you don't win this year, that could look really bad. And the Titans are kind of in that place right now where I'm like, this could get ugly quickly, but also Derrick Henry, if he goes for 2000 yards, which is a big if, cause he got hurt this year and then he's had a lot of carries and usually the age of running backs wears out after a certain number of carries. I know Derrick Henry's this gigantic exception, but this team could look way different in 12. And so 12 months from now might be a year too late instead of it feels like right now they're still a year early on. Should we move on from Tannehill? But by next year, it might be too late because you miss the playoffs and the offensive line falls apart. And Derrick Henry isn't the same player that he was, and that could change everything there. But at the same time, Ryan Tannehill threw an absolutely perfect pass to AJ Brown. <laughs> for a one-handed touchdown that only A.J. Brown could catch it. Like one of those Aaron Rodgers throws, right. one of those Patrick Mahomes throws, one of those Josh Allen throws. Like he had that so he can do it every now and then, which means Ryan Tannehill's not as bad as like half the quarterbacks in the NFL. But at the same time, it's hard to find one. If I'm Russell Wilson, I'd sign up for one year of Tennessee. I'd, I'd at least hope right. Derrick Henry stays healthy. If I'm Russell Wilson, I would I would try I, I, as he explores his options, like we talked about on Thursday. I think Tennessee's a good one, just because best teams that don't have a franchise quarterback, San Francisco and Tennessee, were the last two in the playoffs this year. So I'd, I'd at least look. I don't think you can do much better than the the up the high upside of Tennessee. But you're right that they're in a perfect place where they should be trying to upgrade at the quarterback position, but they shouldn't force an upgrade at the quarterback position because yeah. it's hard to find better than Tannehill. If they try and force their way to get Kirk cousins, that's not really solving your problem. It's yeah. just a different version. It's a slightly better version. It doesn't make you better than the chiefs. And that's right. kind of the weird purgatory they're in right now. Well, I was about to say like Ryan Tannehill and Kirk cousins are both 
in, in my eyes, are the two best quarterbacks in the NFL that is not capable of winning a team a Super Bowl, right? I, I think that's kind of how I see it right now. Tannehill is literally the cutoff line. Above that, you have your Super Bowl <laughs> winning quarterbacks, right? The, the guys that can literally lead your team to the Super Bowl. Tannehill is just below that line, just below it. No matter how good this roster is going to be, I don't think they're going to be good enough to beat other teams, right? I mean, even Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow ran out there with a, a poor excuse of an offensive line. I mean, I, I could go out there and play right tackle better than what they did today, right? <laughs> that was my Man, next question. There. You beat me to it. I was going to say, how many points did the offensive line cost the Bengals in this game? Because I counted 12. I counted 12 points. I can easy calculate that the Cincinnati Bengals offensive line cost. They should have won that game by three touchdowns, but I counted 12 points that just the Bengals offensive line cost the, the team today. <laughs> <laughs> right, and, and, and before I talk about that real quick, I, I would like to say, I, Joe Burrow, even with the offensive line, was still able to pretty starkly perform better than Ryan Tannehill. Like it, was like, it was a clear difference who was a better quarterback, despite what they had around them, despite the offensive line problems Joe Burrow was having, getting sacked nine times in this game. Tannehill got sacked once in this game, was hardly pressured at all, had a lot of time in the pocket to make throws. And somehow Joe Burrow still had 100 more yards, two less interceptions, drove the ball down the field when it mattered the most, scored points. I mean, it was insane to see how much of a difference Joe Burrow, who as a second-year player who just got off of a brutal knee injury last year, a guy that is still on his way up in the league. He's still not the top five quarterback yet. He's, he's getting up there, but he's not there yet. The fact that how much better he is than Tannehill, despite Tannehill still being in that position where the Titans are the one seed, is fascinating and really surprising. But, but to answer your question, I mean, it, it might have been I, – I didn't exactly count myself. Uh, maybe if I went back and rewatched it, which I definitely will later on whenever I have a clear head, I'm not you know, hyperventilating over this game. Uh, I will definitely go back and watch it and make it more of an accurate count. But, I mean, nine sacks – stalls i mean you would think that that stalled at least three drives right and if those three drives ended in touchdowns or at least field goals at, at the worst i mean it's still going to be a shoe swing for your team so i would say at most it probably could have been 21 points it could have been a blowout had the sacks not happened right I, I do think it's fascinating and and i will say i mean the, the offensive line was terrible but i do think also burrow has to be accountable as well he knew that he wasn't gonna have a lot of time to pocket this time around he held on to the ball way too long a lot of those sacks he took uh, were, were sacks that he didn't have to take. You could have thrown the ball away. You didn't have to, to get rid of the ball a lot. Only one of the nine sacks he had was under two and a half seconds, which is a very low bar, right? Like, you don't, as a quarterback, you hope you can hold the ball on longer for two and a half seconds, but still, it's enough time to make one read and make a decision, right? And if Burrow recognizes that he's going to be under pressure a lot, you have to be able to recognize that, hey, I got to throw this ball away. And had it really, had it not been for Evan McPherson, right? It would have cost more points because Joe Burrow had a huge sack, you know, at the end of the second half. Uh, I believe what it was, whenever Evan McPherson kicked that huge 54-yard field goal to take the lead at, at the half. I mean, that, that was a play that could have easily, you know, if McPherson shanks that, that's another play that goes from being an easy field goal from 30 yard, 38, 39 yards away to being a 54-yard miss because of a, a big sack. So it could have costed more, but I, I mean, in my eyes, it, it would have costed maybe two, three drives to stall out that could have been points, which is insane to talk about and I, I post i think i said it on twitter i might even say it on instagram a little bit later cincinnati has seven days maybe eight if they're lucky to go out and find three better offensive linemen than what they have in the white <laughs> because 
it's not going to cut it. You're not going to go out and beat the Buffalo Bills and the Kansas City Chiefs getting sacked six, seven times a game, right? Cincinnati was – great job on the defense. Credit to the defense. They did a fantastic job holding tight 16 points this game. You're not going to do that against the Bills or the Chiefs. It's not going to happen. They're going to oh, score yeah. 24, 28. They're going to score a lot of points in this game. You cannot let these drives stall again. You're going to have to find a way to go out there and protect Joe Burrow long enough to where he can get the ball to his playmakers to score touchdowns because you're not going to have a chance if you get sacked five-plus times next week. So they're going to have to figure out a way to fix that because, I mean, I'm, I'm a Bengals fan, huge Bengals fan. I'm very, very happy with this win, but, you know, it, it's always next game, right? And next game, there's, there's a lot of change I need to see on the offensive line for me to be able to be confident in us having a chance next week against whoever wins this game tomorrow between the, the Bills and the Chiefs. So I'm very excited, very, very happy, of course. Big players make big plays at certain times. Credit to some younger players. We got uh, Cam Stample with a huge tackle for loss. Whenever it mattered most, we had Clay Johnston, a, a, a linebacker signing that happened in the middle of the season this year. It came only because we had no linebackers on our roster. Came in on a two-point conversion and stopped Derrick Henry one-on-one, which was insane. We had Marcus Bailey and Tyler Shelton. Former seventh round pick Tyler Shelvin, big number ninety nine, huge defensive tackle from uh, from LSU, uh, who also Joe Burrow, uh, who was judged in the fourth round this year, combining on a uh, fourth down stop on uh, against Derrick Henry as well to help get the Bengals uh, the field position back. We had Eli Apple, like I said, forcing an interception with tipping the ball in the air. These 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 players that were guys that were I, I think were like. Uh, rotational players were really reserves on this team, showed up in big moments and made big plays whenever it mattered most. And I was really, really impressed with how all those guys performed. I, I will say, I, I do really, really think this is a team that still has better ball ahead of them right now. They still have guys that, that are out with injury. Riley Reeves, right tackle, is, is of course out right now, which is unfortunate for Cincinnati right now. We have Joseph Osai, and I just heard a lot of Bengals fans are very, very excited about, who is also out. He can be another really good pass rusher for this team. We have King Davis Gaither, who we consider our best coverage linebacker, who is still out. And, and you're going to have top five cat space in the NFL this year. You're going to have, you know, 10 draft picks next year as well. This is a, this is a team that has better ball ahead of them but it's still finding a way to win because they're just making right plays at the right time and which is let me just say as a Bengals fan I never thought I would ever say that in my life the Bengals are notorious for never making the right play at the right time right it's always <laughs> just enough to lose it's all it is just enough to lose you keep games close against great teams and you still lose no matter what happens it doesn't matter the Bengals are going to cover but they're not going to win that's just what always happens right the Bengals now are the exact opposite. They're going to somehow win this game, whether it's going to be a, a questionable call or a big turnover play that happens. Something's going to happen. The Bengals are going to find a way to win this football game. And it's crazy for that, that turnover to happen from what it was last year, or, or well, I believe it was two years ago, to having 13 games that were lost in, in single digits to now being where the Bengals are winning all these games by single digits. Uh, it, it really is fascinating. And I, I do want to say, I, I mean, that play – fouled up by Zach Taylor to get Joe Burrow the ball to Jamar Chase. I mean, we, we saw the Titans were all over Jamar Chase after his first big reception of the game. They were like, we're not going to let this guy get the ball anymore. You would think in the most important play of the game, 20 seconds left, first down, the ball is at the Titans or the Bengals 45-yard line. And Cincinnati has to get 17, 18 yards to get a 50-yard field goal for McPherson. You would think that they would be all over Jamar Chase at that time, right? No, Burrow gives it to his favorite target, Jamar Chase, with a huge catch for like 22 yards to give McPherson the game-winning field goal opportunity, which was insane. So I, I definitely want to credit, uh, of course, Joe Burrow and, and Jamar Chase for always being 
able to make the right play at the right time to win a football game. We saw against the Chiefs. We saw against the Raiders. Now we're seeing a game against the Titans. And honestly, it's it's fascinating because Joe Burrow never loses in games where he absolutely needs to win. It's it's crazy how it works. But he it's Tom Brady syndrome. Congratulations, you have Tom Brady syndrome. Because if I asked you what is the one thing Joe Burrow does really well as a quarterback, you'd be really hard pressed to give an exact answer. He's a winner. And it, I don't right. understand it, but he's a winner. All your bad luck of the last 30 years, like with the Packers having all this bad luck for 30 years when they should have won six championships, all the bad luck got reversed in one season. And now you're in the conference championship. Yeah, it, it's just, it really is just that case of Joe Burrow is just simply not going to lose. You don't know how we, we won, but we're just not going to mm-hmm. lose. So, you know, like, we're well, gonna he's win. not going to lose to teams that are worse than him. Like it's, it's a lot of Ravens with no Lamar Jackson. It's, it's Raiders. It's Titans who still probably should have won the game. He's going to beat the middle of the road teams for sure. He's you said like, they're going to need to block to win next week. That's why they're not going to win next week, no matter who they play, but it's still really cool that they're here. But also I said, there was no chance possible. The Packers would lose to, (laughs) to San Francisco. So saying there's no chance the Bengals will win next week is kind of shallow at this point. (laughs) I mean, to be completely fair, Bengals did beat the chiefs. I was at that game. I watched it happen. I'm not saying it's impossible. I would say it's improbable that we see the Bengals beat the Chiefs twice in one season, right? Or beat the Bills uh, in, uh, keep it in mind, it's going to be at Kansas City or at Buffalo. So it's going to be even harder than what it was at home and against the Chiefs that year, that time around. So it's, it's going to be very improbable, I will say for sure. But, I mean, this is a team, like, like I said, it's just doing enough to win football games right now. And if I am a team, if I'm a team with the Kansas City Chiefs and Buffalo Bills, and I am tied with the Bengals in the five, final five minutes, or if I'm down by seven in the final five minutes, I'll, I'm worried. And that's crazy to say because you would think Patrick Mahomes would be the one guy who shouldn't be worried because he is the most clutch quarterback in the league pretty much in the final seconds, him and Rodgers both. Um, and you would think that that would be the exact opposite case. But somehow, some way, the Bengals find ways to escape and win and make victories because of discipline. They don't commit penalties. They're a very, very smart football team. They are able to make big plays when their big plays need to be happen happen most. Even though teams try to, you know, take care of the ball and not turn the ball over, sometimes it just still happens. It's crazy how it works, and I, I really do think. Cincinnati, I mean, it's, it's not a likely chance. It's something can keep this game close next week and, and can find a way to be able to keep up in points. If the game's in the final minutes, I mean, I really do think Cincinnati has a shot of having another one of those quote-unquote miracle plays happen again where they win another football game. You mentioned the first big play earlier with Jamar Chase, um, the one where they took they got a big play and then later they were like double teaming Jamar Chase and he's the only one on the side of the, on that side of the field and they just throw to T. Higgins one-on-one because – T Higgins is also one of the 30 best receivers in the NFL. But my, my point for that was um, Jamar chase just straight burned Christian Fulton. Like he juked him so hard and it was like, Oh, no one's here. I'm just going to like speed up all the way down the field. I know they were former college teammates, which makes it funnier, but just the, at the last play of the game, that one was basically just the Titans have one of the worst secondaries in the NFL. Bengals have one of the best receiving cores in the NFL. And if not for the fact that the Titans were able to not just like blitz really well, but also rush the passer with four, like the Bucks did in that Super Bowl against the Chiefs last year, like that was the only thing that kept the game even a, a contest. 
because the Bengals could do whatever they wanted when Joe Burrow had time on offense. That was my biggest takeaway from the game is they could do whatever they wanted when Burrow had time and the Titans didn't really have a counter punch on offense until the Bengals gave them a chance because that weird tip pass by P Ryan that was just a fluke interception. Oh my god, yeah. Yeah. It's like only only with a weird fluke interception did the Titans score their only touchdown in the game. And it was a again perfect play by Tannehill to AJ Brown. So only because similarly to what we were talking about with the Packers and 49ers, only because things kept going wrong for the Bengals did the Bengals even have a chance of losing that game at the end. Yeah, I mean, it, it is it is insane uh, how that game really turned out because you would think, I mean, the, the, you would have thought the turnovers would have played a big part in the Bengals winning this game on paper, right? Yeah, causing three turnovers. In reality, aside from the, the interception by Logan Wilson at the end of the game, uh, and the Jason Bates interception, I guess. They only scored six points off of those three turnovers, right? I mean, that's, that's all it was. Mm-hmm. And though it ended up being the difference in the game because of the game-winning field goal, at the end of the day, this was a team that was not moving the ball at a high level and wasn't really doing much after the turnovers either. So the fact that they were able to escape this game with the win is, is very shocking, especially against a team that is so highly touted in how they were able to you know, run the ball and being able to grind it out whenever they need it most, right? There was a couple of games, a couple of drives out there where they were just kept pending the ball. Derek Henry was seven, eight yards, right? Seven, eight yards. They were never getting the explosive plays. They're getting consistent yards. You're like, the Titans just keep doing this. They're going to win this game. They're going to run. They're going to run the ball in the end zone eventually. They're going to get points. They're going to stop the Bengals like they had been doing, and they're going to go out and do the exact same thing again, right? But I will. I do say. I want to say real quick. Nose tackle DJ Reader, number ninety-eight for the Bengals, played out of his mind today, being an insane force in the middle. And a couple of times, like I said, they had those couple of drives whenever Derek Henry was getting those yards. That's whenever DJ Reader was out. The moment it happened and they needed someone else in, throwing DJ Reader immediately in the middle of the stuff. Derek Henry's forced to bounce outside, or DJ Reader's getting tackled for a loss. He was, in my eyes, the most impactful player on the field. Whenever the Titans were on offense and the Bengals were on defense in this game, I will say. Uh, I definitely think Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow are a huge factor as well. But whenever, and T. Higgins. But, but yes, whenever whenever the Bengals were on defense, DJ Reader was the most impactful player on the field at that time. More than any Titans player on offense, more than any other Bengals player on defense, he was the most impactful player in this game, being able to stuff the run, make it to where you had to force Ryan Tannehill and make the plays himself. And he, like you said, he made one. He got, he got A.J. Brown a touchdown to keep the game close. But, of course – Putting the ball in Tannehill's hands consistently is not going to work out for the Titans. And three turnovers happened because of it. And due to that, Cincinnati was able to just do enough to win this football game. But like you said, the scary thing is this is a team that if they have half an offensive line, if they have an, an average offensive line in this game, this is a blowout. This is a game where Cincinnati is going to win this game comfortably, two or three touchdowns, right? Uh, this is a team that I still think like I said, has better football ahead of them if they're able to just get half an offensive line. And you would think after five years, they'd finally figure it out. They still haven't. It's really annoying. But I will definitely say I, I do think if Joe Burrow is able to do what he does best and in my eyes is manage the game, be a game manager, be able to make the right decisions at the right time, do just enough to be able to win the game. Whenever you need a pass, he's going to hit it. Whenever you, you need a, a first down, he's going to get it no matter what. If you're getting, if you're able to give him time in the pocket and allow him to be able to manage the game and do whatever he wants with what I would say is now, I, I'm going to say, it, go ahead and say it now. I, I don't care if anyone's going to argue. The best wide receiver court in the NFL, best three wide receivers in the NFL at this point, without the type of the Buccaneers having Antonio Brown, um, I, I, I would say that if you let him have time in the pocket to, to work with those guys, 
is going to be an impossible scenario for other football teams, especially the Titans, who have poor secondary, as you mentioned. Uh, I, I do think there's going to be games where it's possible he loses in a shootout to like a Mahomes or Josh Allen, who he's going to play next week. But at the end of the day, no defense is going to stop Joe Burrow if he has time in the pocket. It's just not going to happen because he has great wide receivers. He has, uh, he is a, a very smart quarterback. If he has time in the pocket, he has the chance to be great. He also has a great running back as well, who you know didn't do a lot this game, but had a big touchdown, of course, ran for, I believe, 60 yards-ish, had a couple of big receptions. Uh, Joe Mixon was still a big part of this game as well. Um, I, I definitely think this is a team that is still very, very exciting for the future, but you know, again, this is we've seen this kind of happen the last couple of years, and the pessimistic side of me is is kind of controlling me right now. It's going to be another case where we see the Cleveland Browns like the playoffs do really, really well, and then barely lose the Chiefs and then fall apart the next season. <laughs> do you it's have be you guys comes. being the Jaguars? You have it being like the Jaguars for you guys? I wouldn't go that far. I yes, they're going to be worse than the Ravens the next couple of years because the Ravens have Lamar Jackson, and as great as Joe Burrow is, I think Lamar Jackson's better, and sometimes it's that simple, but I still feel like that it's they're going to be in the playoffs every year for the next, like, three years, I want to say. I, I like to think. Yeah, I mean, I, I too, I certainly do. I, I, I want to think <laughs> that, right? But I, I have that worry that when are things going to fall apart again, right? As a Bengals fan, when, when is it all going to fall apart? And I, I think that's never going to leave me after the hell I've been the last several years with this football team. <laughs> I think that's just part of me now. That's just who I am now, right? But uh, I, I will say, I mean, without question, this is the most enjoyable year as a Bengals fan I've ever had in my life. This is it's the funnest team ever. I have spent more money on Bengals merch this year than I think I've ever had in anything ever. <laughs> I bought that Migos. Uh, have you seen the, the Migos, uh, Jamar Chase, uh, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd uh, hoodie? Yep. I got that. I got the oh, Jamar Chase so phone swaggy. Case. Yeah, I got the Jamar Chase phone case. I'm going to be getting some plaques and stuff like that from the Bengals. I got, I got jewelry. I got everything. I, I got all of it now. <laughs> and I'm going to be rocking with this team forever. I have cups. I have plates. I have the popcorn bowl. Literally everything of this team this year because of how much how much excitement they have brought me. And I, I just can't. I, I'm still shocked that we are even in the championship AFC championship this year. And the fact that we're just one potential upset away from being a Super Bowl playing team i mean it's, it's unreal to be in this position right now and i'm really excited for the future uh and joe Brr is a fun quarterback and a fun fun time in cincinnati overall you didn't even mention the, the the you know you have the the swaggy team with the best receiving core and the amazing running back and the swaggy quarterback but also the swaggy kicker and uh oh yes I, i'm oh, i'm upset God. i'm upset that he has him. a nickname uh, Hmm? Uh, you you can go with your own nickname. It's okay. We we we've changed his nickname eighty times. So you're no. His nickname okay is Kick Jagger. I, I'm calling him oh, Kick oh, Jagger yes, at this yes. point. But Money Mac is apparently his nickname at yeah. this point. Which I'm sad that he got one of the kick because it's a good kicker nickname. I, I I've said for a while we don't have enough good nicknames for kickers, and unfortunately, Greg the Leg and Legatron stole two of them for the Cowboys. So we don't have enough good names, and he's got two of them for some reason. So. Yeah, as at least he has a nickname. But yeah, I'm going with Kick Jagger at this point. That that should be his his nickname through and through. But yeah, you guys also have a swaggy kicker now. Like that's a sign that this might oh. be something special. 
Listen, did you did you see the report of what he said to Joe Burrow whenever before the game when he kicked? Did you see what happened there? I, I have not seen this, but I saw oh Joe Burrow hug God. him immediately after the game. It was cool. Joe Burrow said in an interview, and I'll get this out because I posted it myself. I thought this was the coolest thing ever. Uh, McPherson was so confident he was going to make this field goal. He told Joe Burrow, and, and Joe Burrow said this in quotes, looks like we're going to the AFC Championship right before he went out and kicked the game-winning 52-yard field goal. <laughs> Of course, he's he's what a what a goat. He's Tucker. Like he's he didn't miss a kick this year, except I think he missed one kick. But he is basically he perfect missed, the entire season. He missed three against Green Bay, but that game doesn't count, right? Take that sure, take yeah. That to the side, take that to the side. He missed one one time this year, and it was an extra point. <laughs> yeah, he's Mason so Crosby. He's he's your kicker for the next decade. Like. It's, it's a fun team. I can't believe it. It's a fun team. And they've got so much swag. This is like, I mean, in my eyes, the funnest team right now in football. And I am biased. So you don't take me on my word. Yeah. And then Mahomes is going to throw six touchdowns in two quarters again. Yeah. But but here's the thing. thing. Well, they've, they've been fun, right? They, 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 they're already like, we've, we've already seen Mahomes in this offense. We're like, yeah, this is sick, but we've seen this a couple of years. So let's go on to the next cool thing, right? The, the new cool thing is Cincinnati and them doing what they're doing with Jamar Chase, because I will say Jamar Chase didn't test that, you know, I mean, he had a four, three, eight in the combine or something like that. And the 40, I believe, which is really, really good. Don't get me wrong, but it's not like out of this world. Good. You know, uh, he might be the second fastest receiver in the NFL next to Tyree kill. Like, I'm not joking how fast that guy is. The only reason why he got caught from behind in that big play that happened because he had to slow down Tyler Boyd and they got him like a block. Did you see that? I did that, see that this. Play? Yep. He had to slow down and let Tyler Boyd stay ahead of him so he can make a block on the safety. And that's the only reason why Chase was not able to break out and score a touchdown there was just because he had to wait for Tyler Boyd, who, let me mind you, is another guy who ran a 4-4. He's not a slow wide receiver. He was so much faster than him. He had to slow down and wait for him to be able to make a block before he could continue to accelerate and get past, which was insane for that to happen. I mean, this is a guy that is – really special. Jamar Chase is special, and I'm really excited to see what he has for the future. I, I do think next year he's going to be in that conversation to be one of the better receivers in the NFL. I mean, he already is. I think he's right now. Yeah. I mean, him and no Tari Kill are pretty easily, I think, at one and two right now, the best receivers in the AFC, in my eyes, right? And Diggs. I'll say Diggs up there as well. I, I was Those having this conversation with someone about this. Like, the idea is, like, wide receivers, there's a lot of good ones at the top, and it's only the people who have elite quarterbacks that we tend to say separate themselves. Like, it used to always be um, DeAndre Hopkins versus uh, Devontae Adams and Travis Kelsey is one that we think of as amazing receiver, but all of those guys have had great quarterbacks everywhere they've been. And it's not, uh, it's not like it was with like Odell Beckham dominating with Eli Manning for those first few seasons. And um, it, it's kind of been like, all these guys are really good. It's hard to find who's good and who's bad other than who has a really good quarterback. And Jamar Chase is one of those elite receivers that has a very good quarterback. He's going to be very, very good for the next five to 10 years. And, and, and the advantage, the, the advantage this year was, and they won't have it next year, but they, they have it this year, right? I mean, this is a team, this is a, this is a team that, I mean, Burrow and Chase had the elite chemistry off the bat, right? Very, very rare for that to happen. Had the elite chemistry. We saw him struggle in preseason and everyone was like, oh no, is Chase going to be a bust? Like, is this going to be a bad pick? I mean, everyone was kind of not really worried about Chase. And then the first six games of the season, seriously, the first six games of the season had a 
touchdown of 40 yards or more each of those six games. Insane. That will not happen again, but they're still going to find a way for him to score and get the get touches, as we can see. They're giving him chances to even to run the ball now, kind of like in the Debo Samuel role. He's going to get short passes over the middle. He's going to get running plays where he can get it end around. He's going to get screaming passes. He's going to get passes in the flats. I mean, we're going to see everything from Jamar Chase because they just have that connection. And Joe Burrow just knows that he can get this ball to his playmaker and he's going to make a play. Okay, there's a few things from the game I want to point out here from my notes before we wrap up. Uh, one, calling a read option on third and one with Ryan Tannehill keeping oh on a God. run. That was so bad. I laughed. I laughed the moment it happened. because I was. I, so, so I will say, though, Derrick Henry did not get the fourth down conversion either, so neither really worked, I guess. Derrick right? Henry but, couldn't push off of his foot. Like, everyone was like, everyone was like right. why? What's happening to the Titans? I'm like, he literally can't push off of his foot. All of his explosion is gone, and now he's Frank Gore. He's 21 carries for 63 yards, Frank Gore, because he can't push off of his foot. <laughs> right. So I, I will say it was, it was kind of an impossible situation for them, right? Because they really didn't feel like anything was going to work there. But that was a, not only was the read option a, a poor play call. The fact that Tannehill even considered hold, keeping the ball in that play, in that case, was just stupid. I mean, that, that was the play Cameron Sample made that was huge because Cameron Sample was like immediately like, "What the heck are you doing, bro? Like what?" And immediately tackled him. That was that was a wild play. I was I, I wasn't too happy about because there's still a fourth down. I knew that was coming, but looking back on it in hindsight, terrible play call, terrible decision by Tannehill. I didn't get that at all. Uh, the next thing that I found funny, other than Zach Taylor running the running the ball, was Zach Taylor deciding with 40 seconds and no timeouts left in the first half to start going to call timeouts and saying, I've got Joe Burrow. I'm going to go 40 seconds right down the field. And then the last play call was like a pass to the tight end. He like dove forward to the 25-yard line. I thought that was funny also that he tried to do the – QB purgatory thing and it just didn't really work out because they didn't have enough time but I thought it was funny that he actually tried it with no timeouts mute uh, my fault my fault, my fault. No problem. Uh, that was nothing that really confused me I, I didn't get it in the game necessarily I didn't understand what was happening but to see like I mean in my eyes, if you're if, if what's the pain in going for a hail mary, right? Like at that point, like you're just gonna gotta get a batted down or get a touchdown. They threw out AJ Brown to go play in the backfield. It's like why would you even like why would you just let the time run out? And even then, why would you pass the ball over the middle with Uzama and he's not even gonna make an attempt to lateral it back? He just kind of gave up on the play, right? Kind of like a stat pad. That's and I'm like you're stat padding in the playoffs. <laughs> like what, what in the world? <laughs> I, I didn't get it, but all right, it happened. It was a hell of a day, a hell of a day. Congratulations, Blake. You were you were an AFC champion, joining the likes of the Bills, and the Jaguars, tw- Jets. Twenty years of failure, but you have this one season to show for it. And like like we figured out, it hasn't actually been that bad for the Bengals over the last twenty years. They made eight playoff appearances in the last twenty years. It hasn't been terribly bad for the Bengals, but still congratulations on making it to the AFC championship game. One game away from the Super Bowl, you will be regarded as an elite team for the rest of time because you made a conference championship, even though people are going to forget this is the year Lamar Jackson got hurt. Congratulations on making it to the AFC championship. 
Well, thank you very much. I am honored. I'm also proud to say that we are not the worst team that's going to be playing in the championship either, which is also really cool to say, right? Because the 49ers are definitely worse than us, right? Even though you do not know. No, don't make me think about the possibility of Bengals 49ers in the Super Bowl. Don't do that to me. Don't, Why? don't, that would be terrible. I don't, <laughs> you're telling me we could have had Mahomes Rogers for the first time ever. No, we're going to get 49ers Bengals when I know neither of those teams are elite. They listen, don't deserve listen. it. <laughs> that that would suck for the average NFL fan, but for a but for a fan like me and also Juju on the YouTube video we did a couple of days ago with our uh, breakdown, that would be amazing because it is poetic justice for the Bengals to come back and break their Super Bowl losing streak by beating the team that took them out both times in the San Francisco 49ers. Now it's not gonna happen, but a guy can dream, and I'm gonna. You know what? That. If you're gonna do uh, me like that, because I forgot that I now have to consider the possibility of the 49ers making the Super Bowl, because the Rams could beat the Bucks on Sunday, and I'm not taking McVay against the 49ers. Um, hey, God damn it! Tom Brady's gonna do it again, isn't he? Tom Brady's gonna do it. It's that's how this is gonna end. That's exactly what my friend said. He's like, it's it's just gonna be Brady, isn't it? I'm like, I, it probably is. What the fuck? Seriously, what the actual fuck? How is this gonna be Tom Brady again at the end? How is it gonna be Tom Brady at the end of the road? It might be Josh Allen this time. The the Bills making the Super Bowl doesn't make goddamn sense either, but at least it makes slightly more sense than the Bengals or the 49ers. Just <laughs> I will. I will say, if the Bengals don't win the Super Bowl, I think I would probably root for Bills Rams in terms of like entertainment, at least in my eyes. Now I know that you're a big oh. Mahomes fan. You like to see Mahomes again, but I, I like to see other people. Dude, get a shot, I picked right? the, Bills. I the Bills. I'm picking the Bills on Sunday. Oh. Like I'm, I'm Ooh. emotionally hedging on this one. I'm taking the Bills on Sunday. I'm emotionally hedging my bet. I'll cradle my Mahomes jersey, but now I think the Bills are going to win. And you know what? I think the Bills as well. And I'll just put the Rams to upset the uh, Buccaneers. So uh, it's going to be a fun set of games tomorrow. Of course, I'm going to keep a very, very close eye on both these games, especially uh, Bills Chiefs, which is going to be a master class of a game, right? It's going to be so much fun to watch that game go down. I'm super excited for that one. That one's going to be Super Bowl worthy, I think, that game between the Bills and Chiefs. So I'm excited to watch it. And it's going to be a very, very fun day tomorrow. Yeah, that can we make that the Super Bowl? Can we say Bills Chiefs is the Super Bowl and then just, you know, play out the rest? Kind of like that Nets Bucks conference or second round matchup last year in the NBA. Just declare right. that the championship and then give whoever wins it the trophy early. Yeah. Uh yeah, I mean, I guess we can that, that can allow the Bengals to technically not lose a playoff game in certain <laughs> streak, right? So I'm very cool with that. No, no, you want to, you guys can win against the Chiefs or Buffalo. It's not likely, but you guys technically can. So it's not like the Titans. The Titans would have had no shot of beating either of those teams because they can't score. You guys can at least score points on offense and neither team's secondary is great. So you've got a chance. You've got a chance next week. Looking forward to it. It's going to be a lot of fun and uh, go Bengals. Number one, this 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 was the easiest one to do, although I love me some Patrick Mahomes and I love me some Aaron Rodgers. This is far and away what I'm rooting for the most on Super Bowl Sunday, which is number one, 
anyone except the Tennessee Titans. That is my number one Super Bowl matchup. I want anyone to play in the Super Bowl other than the Tennessee Titans. It can be the Chiefs. It can be the Bills. It could be the Cincinnati Bengals even. It'd be weird if it was the Cincinnati Bengals, but let it be anyone other than the team I have said consistently is the sixth best team in the AFC. So my number one Super Bowl matchup is get the bleep out Tennessee Titans. I'm just fascinated that the Titans wound up with the number one seed. Uh, that was just bizarre. I mean, this is the thing that I've said all week, which is I, I know there are tiebreakers, but the tiebreakers are wrong. The tiebreakers were just wrong this year. That the Titans are the one seed over the Chiefs, and the Eagles got in over the Saints. Both of those tiebreakers were just wrong in doing the analysis of who's a better team. Because I know. The Chiefs, the Chiefs could go to Tennessee tomorrow and be seven-point favorites. And well, the fact that they have to play the Steelers on Wild Card Weekend is unfortunate. I- you take that away from the Titans, they are essentially what the Bengals are, what the Saints are, what the Chargers are, and what the Broncos are just by taking away Derrick Henry. And so that is why, even with the easy strength of schedule, the Titans were always going to be in jeopardy because... They can be beaten on any given Sunday, and I know that's a cliche, but the Titans can't score points. It's the same way the Steelers are. Where I wish the NFL could have gone to 16-team playoff this year so that the Colts could have played the Titans in the first round, gone into Tennessee, and beaten the Titans. Because the Colts are better than the Titans, the Bengals are better than the Titans, the Ravens with Lamar Jackson are better than the Titans. That team wins because they get that turnover margin, and I get to be proven right in spectacular fashion that the Tennessee Titans are incapable of scoring points. Is that the schedule does not matter. Yes, the Chiefs may have a really difficult strength of schedule, but the Kansas City Chiefs are still really, really good. The Titans may have an easy schedule the rest of the way, but they're also not very good, so they're going to lose some of these games. Because the Tennessee Titans, as we talked about with the Saints comparison earlier, they're about the level of an average NFL team. 